Hey there, amigos. Welcome to PPC Burrito, the podcast brought to you by PPC specialist agency, Digital Gearbox. My name is Michael Kenny, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, the Lord, the brilliance of PPC. I don't know if that's an actual term, but <laughs> her name is Becky Hopkin. How you doing, Becky? I'm good. The Lord of PPC. I think that's a step up from whatever you called me last week, but I like I, it. I don't know. I, I didn't write. I didn't write a thing down this week, so it's it just kind of it just it was a brain fart. But I mean, what what I try and do with that is is you're really good at PPC, so we kind of have to you know Jazz it up. push. Yeah, absolutely. Have to have to get that out there. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, it's a, it's a bit of a miserable day, but the sun is shining from my from my office. <laughs> the sun shines. I mean, metaphorically, whenever we record an episode of PPC Absolutely. Podcast, and uh, we've got a we've got a great guest. I'm really looking forward to speaking to them in a bit. But we have to start the show with you know the the thing of the the thing that people are coming here for. They need some PPC knowledge goodness. And uh we've we've got some well, we've got some news and a kind of tip this week, haven't we? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with some bad news. I mean I adored <clears throat> sometimes come in with bad news, don't they? Um so from the first of November, so about three days away, um we're going to start seeing some new taxes come into Google Ad Spend. Um, so back in uh, March 2020, HM Revenue and Customs, our friends, um, announced a new 2% digital services tax to levy um, against businesses deriving value from search engines, online marketplaces and social media. So straight away, Google, God bless them, they decided we're not going to pay that. We're going to pass it on to to our customers. <laughs> um, so, um, yes, as of uh, Sunday the 1st, um, you will see that tax come on to your monthly or however often you get billed, your Google Ads bills, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, uh, Amazon have also said they're going to be doing it. I, I don't know, Michael, do you know if that's already started? I believe so, um, but don't don't quote me on that. I do know that Facebook uh, are yet to comment, but I think they're widely expected to be joining uh, the tech giants uh, with the passing of the tax onto its uh, advertisers. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, if you're also running ads in Austria and Turkey for for our niche clients out there, um, you will also face an increased tax rate of a whopping five percent there. So. Um, a bit of bad news, I'm afraid, but kind of our, our stance on it is that it's a time to tighten your belt a bit, perhaps in your accounts, make sure that it is giving you a profit um, as it currently stands, because if you're going to be paying a little bit on top of what you're already paying, it's, it's super important that you're not wasting even more money. Um, and have a look at your targeting as well. So if you are targeting um, the whole of Europe, perhaps have a think about whether you want to include Austria um, and Turkey in that targeting. Um, I'd always recommend as well that if you are doing a European-wide campaign that you do split those campaigns out and tar- have a campaign per per country if you can because you get the control then of seeing how much spend you're doing on each country and you can optimise in a much more granular level than if you just group everything together. So that's kind of a tip within there. Mm. Uh, two tips within there, actually. Um, wow. but yeah, yeah. I mean, the tax is happening. I don't think it's going to go away. Some people have said it, it's a temporary measure, but it's not going to go away from um, from our perspective. So just make sure you consider it. Don't get scared and cut back your budgets um, unless unless it's not working for you. And then just have a think about how it, you could make it perform better. Mm, yeah, it's it's an interesting development. Obviously, it's been something that we've been aware of that that's been coming for for quite some time. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's it's something that you know, if Google decide uh, to make it rain, then it rains. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this in this instance, you know, uh, they are passing this uh, passing this charge down to uh, down to us, the advertisers, and uh, we're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, in terms of you know what we. What we're recommending, you know, further to what Becky said, really, is it's all about um, seeing how you can derive some extra value from what you're doing. I mean, the one thing that we we are kind of saying officially is is try not to absorb this cost into your existing budget uh, if you can. I mean, two percent ultimately isn't. I mean, isn't that much in the grand scheme of things? I mean, if you've got a crazy huge budget, then uh, then it might be. Um, but it, it's two percent, five percent, obviously in Austria and Turkey. 
And uh, and yeah, it, it is, I guess, the frustration from our perspective is it's not going to be represented in your dashboard. So it's going to potentially skew some metrics like average cost per click and cost per conversion, all that kind of stuff. So there's that's another thing to kind of consider. Um, but it's it's coming. It's here from the 1st of November and we're just going to have to live with it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. sorry I'm, I'm sorry a... to start with bad news Let, <laughs> let's get someone good in he's going to cheer us all up well yeah there we go the proverbial sun to clear the storm uh our guest today is james holden founder and head of solutions uh, this is michael in post i made a mistake with the town name it's actually wantage based website specialist agency wolf productions james is a prolific networker in the oxfordshire area and he's a really good friend never well, he's never got, he's never short of a good story or two. We're really looking forward to having him on the show today. Welcome to the PPC Burrito, James. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Michael. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I mean, no pressure on that story thing. No no pressure whatsoever. Uh, there's lots of pressure, really, James. Lots and lots of pressure. <laughs> always, always. Uh, yeah, no, things, things are good here. Uh, obviously, um <laughs> dealing with everything that's going on uh taxes flying at us um but but yeah no it's uh, it's great to have you here on the podcast and uh looking forward to learning a, well i mean i already know you inside and out for for i mean good or good or bad um but the but the wonderful listeners are gonna learn all about you today uh james let's uh, let's start off with uh, a bit of a kind of introduction uh to to you and wolf production um how did you uh how did you start on this wonderful adventure Okay, good question. Um, so I I started Wolf Productions back in 2001. Um, I studied uh, web design at uni. So, you know, early noughties, uh, the, the internet was very much still in its infancy. Um, and uh, I, I tend not to um, look back at things I designed in the early noughties. <laughs> embarrassing by compared to what, what we've got nowadays. Um, but no, it, it came about really where I was looking at people sort of 10, 15 years ahead of me um, who, who, who were in the web design industry and they were working for sort of big London agencies and things. And it was one of those situations where they were being paid a very small amount of money compared to how much the agency was charging out a website for. And I kind of thought, well, you know what? I know how to build a good website. I know nothing about business, but if I can find um, find the clients, then I can sort of sit somewhere in the middle from a price point point of view. They can get much better value than they can from a, a big a big London agency, and I can earn a lot more money than I would if I worked for said agency um, and uh, not have a boss. So that was my logic, and I, as I said, I didn't didn't know what I was doing I just got going and I've learned as I've gone along really um and yeah best thing I ever did so so why wolf productions why wolf productions <laughs> okay that's a, yeah right so when I was at school um my eyebrows used to meet a little bit in the middle um I had a bit of a <laughs> unibrow going on and I had the nickname um wolf and yeah. quite simply, I was watching a film one day and it got to the end and it was like, da, 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 productions. And I thought, oh, Wolf Productions, that sounds good. I'll go with that. And then because I've just come, become known as that, I've just stuck with it. Uh, and, it, and, it and it works. It's a bit different. Um, yeah, it's, it, it wasn't some um, really sort of blue sky thinking about brand names or anything. It was literally because my eyebrows used to meet and I had that nickname. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, the best uh, company or podcast names um, come from random moments of genius, I think. <laughs> um, okay, so so tell tell us more about the services that Wolf Production provide. So the core service is bespoke website design. Um, I. I always use that keyword bespoke and quite often people say, why do you always say bespoke website design? Um, and that's because I start with a blank canvas when I'm building a website. I feel uh, template based websites, you're trying to shoehorn uh, your your message um, into a predefined predefined well template. So, you know, if you if you want to, if you want your website website to 
um, resonate with your ideal client, you have to start with a, a blank canvas because, uh, in my opinion, because if, uh, you know, if you were to take a famous artist like Picasso, you know, he wouldn't um, connect the dots. You wouldn't have a, a painting where they just say, just fill in the colours uh, and then we'll end up with a masterpiece. Um, it just doesn't work like that. So I think if you absolutely want to sort of nail and scale your, your impact from a branding point of view, your impact from a, a message point of view to resonate with your ideal customers, you have to start with um, a blank canvas and, um, and and really hone in on what you want to achieve from your website um, by making sure that message gets across. Um, and you just can't do that with a template. On, on your website, it says the, the number one reason why websites fail is because they lack clear business objectives. That's obviously something that we uh, we've come you know, we've we've experienced in the past when we when we're providing people with PPC services and, and they kind of like it. So so you know what's your what's your target cost per conversion? You know what's your target cost per acquisition? And they go I don't know I don't know. You know um, talk to me about your kind of frustrations, uh, challenges and frustrations when you are uh starting working with with someone you know they want a website and they've got no real clear objectives because you know the thing is is there is this if you have a business you kind of have to have a website but that's not necessarily true and you kind of want to be strategic when you're when you're building a website right absolutely yeah some some you know if you've got a, a business model where it, where there's very very tight margins and um, you know, there, there's a channel out there that is a better better suited to, to sell those margins, uh, dare I say it, like Amazon or something like that, then you might not necessarily need to reinvent the wheel from a, from a website point of view. Um, but my, my biggest frustration is when somebody wants to work with you and they're, they're prepared to spend, you know, good money or invest good money in a website and then they don't listen um, because I want to work with someone that, that that listens to what I'm saying. You know, I know you've got two ears and one mouth, so it's about listening to, you know, their overarching objective mm. from a business point of view, and then saying, okay, I think this, this, and this would help achieve that. Uh, but there's nothing more frustrating when um, if someone tells you their overarching objective um, and then doesn't actually want to implement any of your suggestions <laughs> that you've got from years of experience and they they just have a bee in their bonnet about I want to do it this way uh, when you you know a lot of the things they're saying aren't going to work through experience so that from an ideal client point of view um, I love it when a client comes to me and says this is what I want to achieve um, here's my content over to you and then allows me to be create allow me to be creative so that i can um you know help them achieve their goals rather than micromanaging i mean i don't know whether you guys have the same challenge where you just you're, you're really frustrated because you've you've got the your the best interests in heart in of your client um but sometimes people aren't listening and and that's that can be really frustrating yeah, it's, it's it's happened to us on on a couple of occasions. I'm really pleased to to say that uh, it doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't happen very often anymore. Um, sometimes we'll be working with somebody and they have a kind of they have their vision. They've got their vision that's set, uh, and it's our job to obviously see that vision as well and work with them. But also, you know, very much like yourself, James, when we start working with uh, with a, with a new partner, it's it's kind of like we we strive to work collaboratively and you've hired us essentially because we're the experts in our field now if we're having a conversation with them and they kind of put the walls up and they're not open to uh the things that we're bringing to the table then it's kind of like well why why are we working together and i guess it's probably very similar in your in your world as well when you're like well here's the creativity that i'm bringing to you here's the creativity that is is building this bespoke website um why would you you know, I mean, you've, you've obviously, you know, you've been hired for a reason. They've chosen Wolf Productions for a reason. Why would they kind of go, oh, no, I, you know, I want to, I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, kind of like, oh, yeah, let's, let's make these changes. Oh, you know, kind of feedback is great. But, um, you know, when you've hired a creative agency, why would you then try and stifle that creativity? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it doesn't happen 
um, particularly often. I'm, I, I'm referring back to a few years ago, really. Um, but that was that's my frust- in answer to your previous question. That's my, you know, that that's my most frustrating part of, of, of the business. And I think nowadays um, I, I very much take time to get to know somebody, get to know their business, um, get to know them as a person, because from a you know, people will say, who's your ideal client? My ideal client is someone that has the need for a bespoke website and has a business that has a marketplace. And more importantly than all of those things, uh, we get on and we gel and we will work really well together. Because if you take away um, any friction, if you take away, you know, if you just create a situation where it's just easy for, for, for both parties to work, um, more gets done and, um, you know, everyone achieves more. Um, so... Um, if that does that sort of resonate it's um mm. we're quite fortunate with ppc and that it's all numbers it's all data driven whereas i guess with web design visual appeal is quite subjective um i mean we get it i guess the most creativity we can have is is with the ad copy um in our in our lovely text ads um but with websites people can just look at it and be like oh i don't like the look of it rather than it's it's thinking about the functionality absolutely despite having despite having done what i do for 20 years there is always that moment mm-hmm. um the handover moment where someone sees something for the first time and your heart drops even though you you think it looks epic and the yeah. feedback from from you know peers has been yeah that will that will nail the brief um yeah there's always that moment and it, it really doesn't happen very often uh, if someone goes, no, that's not what I want, because if I've done my job properly by listening and understanding their needs, um, then that shouldn't happen. But you, even now, you, you, you do get that issue. And I'm sure you have that with, you know, um, you know, singers and actors and things. They've been doing mm. something their entire life and they have those nerves there. And that's a good thing if you can if you can, you know, feed off that in a positive way. So I think the key is always looking for a positive outcome. So if you do yeah. get that's you know not what you wanted to hear just listen anyway because normally there's some kind of baggage or somebody's coming from a place um where if you if you dig a bit deeper it could not actually be the reason they're saying at all uh in terms of the feedback it could be um you know connected to some other experience they've had um so yeah it's, it's all it's all very interesting it's an incredibly interesting um you know, industry to work in, because like you say, it's all very, very subjective. Um, and I think there's, there are people in the industry that present things as absolute facts when they're not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure you guys have that, um, <laughs> that experience as well. Yeah, I mean, it's mar- marketing is, is all a strategy and something that works for, for 80% of people won't work for 20%. And it's, I mean, even if you've got, best practice and and all that behind you sometimes best practice goes out the window for a certain certain campaign just because it doesn't work so you have to mix it up Um, and and that's the that's the key isn't it it's just mm -hmm. find it sounds really simple but find what works and do more of it (laughs) you know that's the, the the logic i think people when it comes to marketing generally online i think people can get overwhelmed and think oh my goodness now i need to be doing this now i need to do twitter now i need to do linkedin now i need to do youtube now actually just take a step back and just get really good at one thing um make it work and then add to your to your toolkit um once you've once you've nailed that because if you try and do everything uh, you know half cock and do none of it properly none of it will work so um and and, and bring in the experts you know i i mm-hmm. i, I very happy to say I don't do uh, ad accounts with with Google. You know, if someone, um, if any, anybody that's listening, if somebody comes to me and they say you do, I go no, go and speak to Becky and Michael because you know they are the experts in that field. Um, and I think the key to business in general is to bring in an expert um, for whatever it is you're trying to achieve because it's just such a false economy trying to do things yourself and. With websites especially, there is a little bit of a DIY culture going on. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, as was very apparent during, you know, lockdown, just because you can cut your own hair doesn't mean you should. <laughs> uh, 
and if you if if you you know if you're given a tool if you're given a ferrari and you don't know how to drive it doesn't matter that you've been given a ferrari if you don't know how to drive nice analogy well <laughs> well we, we we are seeing a lot of that yes and uh very recently i've seen some absolute horror shows uh people who have attempted to do their own websites and it's just you know um yeah it's but i guess it kind of comes from a place that we kind of live in this world now where we're kind of told that well i mean we've always lived in it's always been a it's kind of been a universal thing that you can do whatever you set your mind to but now with you know the the rise of the use of technologies like youtube for example you know if if, if i don't know how to do something I'm just going to go and YouTube it uh, and I'm going to fake it until I make it is the, is the term that some people use these days, isn't it? And when you've got people that are bootstrapping their business and they're attempting to wear all the various hats and they're building their website and they're running their, their ad campaigns, you know, I think you, you said it really well a couple of minutes ago. You said get really good at doing one thing and then add more skills to your toolkit. But the thing is, is most... Uh, entrepreneurs or most people who are launching businesses they're they're not gonna heed that advice because they just need to do a whole load of different things and then that's basically when when we find you know things aren't being done properly like you know poorly constructed websites or google ads campaigns that just aren't bringing home the bacon uh, or the vegan bacon depending on your preferences <laughs> you know so it's um it's 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 kind of i think it's going to be a thing that we're always going to have and and especially right now with this kind of um with this uh, instant gratification, I need to learn how to do something. Oh, well, yeah. there's a course for that, or there's a YouTube video for that, or there's a blog post for that. And we're always going to kind of see this thing. So how do you, as a, as a bespoke website designer and an expert of over 20 years, how do you rise to that challenge where more and more people are trying to do it themselves? Very good question. And I was, I was going to, I was actually going to say, I will digress to your previous point if you asked another question. So I'm glad you asked that one. So we didn't um, skirt around and, and jump to another question. So to clarify, I don't see DIY, the DIY sort of culture online uh, as a bad thing, generally. Um, yeah. I, I certainly don't see it as a, as a threat. Um, I see it as a learning experience for a lot of people because I talk to so many people almost every other day that have done their own thing um, and it hasn't worked for them from a results point of view because, mm. you know, you, you can... Going back to the analogy of, you know, the Ferrari and giving someone a Ferrari and saying, there you go, go and, go and drive that around Silverstone. They've got the same tool, but it's not what they do. Um, and if you're trying to use a tool and get marketing messages across and um, put yourself in the shoes of your customer and what you're, you know, focus on the benefits of your customer. Because let's, let's face it, no one cares what you do. What they care about is how what you do, can, they can benefit from it, how that yeah. can help them. Um, so those little sort of tiny tweaks to wording, um, you know, color schemes, all these little things have taken, you know, decades literally to, to, to learn and, and they're all very intuitive and they're just things that you can't do when you buy your, um, your website from companies that, that, uh, where their names begin after the letter F and before H, uh, <laughs> because it's not what you do you know everyone everyone should um focus on their passion within their business i suppose is the advice I'm, I'm i'm trying to get across and whilst you want your tone of voice on your website because people buy from people and you are who you are um and you, you know your your unique selling point i hate that phrase but your unique selling point is you so if you're trying to attract people that will work well with you then that message needs to come across in your branding in your website in your campaigns in your social media um but you don't actually have to do it for that to to come across so you know bring in an expert i wouldn't dream of doing my end of year accounts because that's not what i do um and and i would um lose the will to live after trying to work it out for a week um, you know what I mean? it's just, it just doesn't excite me and uh, it just you know if you focus on your passion that will come across with the people you're working with and from a 
from a uh, you know false economy point of view um don't get me wrong i didn't i didn't bring in experts for every area of my business when i started uh and that, that's where my frustration comes from because i've learned from experience to do that and actually you know you we've all got a finite amount of time in the day um and if you spend three times as long trying to put together a website that won't compare to to, to an expert doing it uh, instead of spending that time doing what you're really good at that could probably um, cover the cost and some of that investment uh, why, why would you do that there's no the, the logics the logic's not there and I think people um, from a, from an investment point of view it kind of frightens them a little bit when they think oh yeah, yeah. But I've got to spend this on this and I've got to spend this on this and I've got you know I'm not making any money yet and it's all a bit um it's all a bit scary but um I think if you if you really sort of focus on what you're good at um and, and have a plan you know I think if 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 you're not ready to have a, you know a brilliant website just don't have a website yet <laughs> there you go I've said it focus on something that will bring in business for a very low cost like networking I mean network the, the you know zoom networking has massively you know taken off um you know plug alert I joined uh, 4n uh, at the beginning of lockdown they've done a brilliant job of um, pivoting online as a network um, and I know people generate business directly from that for, you know, six quid a meeting. So do that first, you know, have a plan uh, and focus on what will generate business and then think, OK, let's reinvest a percentage of this business that I'm generating into the next step of that plan. Um, and, you know, from a pay-per-click point of view, from a traffic generation point of view, you know, I, I try and make sure people know they need to have a plan of what they're going to do with their website not here's your website excellent box ticked um right what else have i got to do business cards letterheads lovely right i'll start doing some stuff next week i've done all my marketing for the year it, it's a starting <laughs> it is a starting point yeah. and you need traffic to it you need a strategy um you know, you need an objective behind it. What do you want someone to do when they land on your website? Um, you know, the amount of websites over the years I've landed on that look absolutely stunning. They are literally a work of art. No clue what the company does. Uh, don't know how to contact them. But if I just want to have a look at the screen and just be impressed by by the uh, work of art, uh, great. But that won't pay the bills. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's one of the one of the biggest reasons that people should outsource their website development because I think they're they're too close to it they get hung up on the tiny little details like why is that pink when it should be red um whereas actually so few people think about is this page set up to convert do I have any call to action buttons on there do yeah. is it easy for people to get in touch with me so many times we when we're doing uh, Google Ads audits, like the account set up fine, but we go onto the website and it's just like, Woo! no wonder it's not converting just because it's there's no real conversion action for people to take. So why why would people? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've I've done a you know I've been propositioned to do um, <laughs> that's the right word <laughs> to do. Some um you know a pay-per-click facebook strategies and things in the past which i do a little bit for for certain clients and i've actually just turned i've turned it down i said look until until we nail how that's going to convert if you're getting a really bad conversion rate on that particular page because it's not optimized for the call to action it's not optimized for um you know whatever it is you want someone to do um if you scale that, it's gonna it's gonna scale at the same rate. Mm -hmm. You know, you can absolutely nail it so you're getting, you know, three times as many leads, for example, from the page with the same amount of traffic. Guess what will happen when we scale the traffic tenfold? Um, and guess what will happen if we scale the traffic tenfold in when you haven't done that? So it's it's investing in every part of the puzzle because you know your your online strategy literally is only as good as its weakest link um so you know when people spend a lot of money um on on pay-per-click 
and then they send people, you know, I, I've seen it before and you'll probably give me, um, go, oh no, James, yes, we have had that before, um, where someone's done a pay-per-click strategy and spent, you know, literally thousands of pounds a month on it and sent people to their homepage. Um, and it doesn't even carry on with the message from the ad. And that's just, um, they must be incredibly rich people. Yeah, we, we see that all the time. I mean, unless... Unless it's a brand campaign or, or something simple, you shouldn't be sending to the homepage. Um, if you're just sending to the homepage, it's normally because there's not a better page available currently, but you should be working to get that page made up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, no, it's all um, it's all very interesting. It's all very Let's talk about, right, I want to geek out for a second, right? Because James, you, you come from the age... And I'm not trying to make you feel old, but for anybody that's listening, uh, because I was looking at the analytics uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, <clears throat> we do get some youngsters listen to this. So hello, if you're <laughs> listening to this, uh, but we're about to get really geeky and old. But um, look, so you, you started Wolf Productions in 2001, and the internet was very, very different back then. I mean, your website says it best. In 2001, the internet had 458 million users. That's 7.6% of the world's population. Uh, 20 years later, it has 4 billion users, which is 56% of the world's population. That's obviously quite a big increase. But how has your world changed from then to now? What, what, what are the things that you miss? But what are the things that you're glad that you don't have to deal with anymore? That's a really good question. Um, I, in terms of the things that I miss, not a lot actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you, you don't miss GeoCities. I miss GeoCities. Uh, to, to, to be, to from from a from a website development point of view, and from a from a level playing field point of view online, um, it's pretty much just got better and better and better. You know what you can what you can achieve now from a website ten years ago from a from a development point of view from an investment point of view you had to have a lot of money you know you would have been you know talking companies that had venture capitalists and tens of thousands of pounds worth of investment for their website um, that you can achieve with a five thousand pound website nowadays so it's. I would say from an opportunity point of view for business growth, if you've got the right traffic strategy, if you've got the right website that resonates with your ideal clients, I would say we're now in the best time in, in history from a marketing point of view online. Um, despite the pandemic, um, you know, it's actually sort of accelerated people's thinking. You know, I mean, the pandemic, don't get me wrong, it's a terrible thing. Um, and everyone wishes it was over, but from a through adversity comes opportunity, and it sort of opened people's eyes by force, really, to the power of the internet. Um, so I've had a lot of conversations with people over the last few months where they're actually getting on with things that they should have done really quite a long time ago, but they've sort of been forced into it by reflection. They've been forced into it by market forces in terms of people physically not being able to come and see them. Um, and they've, they've adapted. So it's kind of accelerated the implementation of, of what's possible from an internet point of view, which is really interesting. Um, I don't think that was actually anything to do with your original question, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it came into my head. Um, so no, I don't, I don't miss a great deal uh, because it's got better as it's gone along. Um, you know, as I said earlier, if I look back at <laughs> a little bit like gaming you know when in in, in the sort of um, late 80s early 90s I was massively impressed when you know I would take 40 minutes to load load a game and then it said a word after the <laughs> tape loading on my Commodore 64 so I'm showing my age now um, but yeah it's um, yeah it's, it's really interesting how it's how it's developed um, and you really do have to be at the forefront of things and you know it's um from an experience point of view and from a pricing point of view it's really quite interesting because when you've done something for a really long time and you know how to nail someone's objective um you, it does sort of open up that that question where people say well if you can do that in four weeks why does it cost xyz and it's like well 
because I've been doing it 20 years, so I know how to do it in four weeks. You know, if you're <laughs> if you want to spend three months doing some with something and then end up with a with with something that will have a less of an effect, positive effect on your business, but you'll feel better because someone spent three months on it and and you've paid less money, then um, that's fine. But um, it's about what you what you get at the end of it. I think people generally get very hung up on how on time and how long something takes to do and that's their that's how they value something as opposed to an end result i'm sure you guys you know have the the, the same thing really where you know you you you're given an objective and you you can sort of get to that um you know result relatively quickly but it's because you what you live and breathe paper click mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. I think time, time. We shouldn't pay for things based on time, um, and especially where in in the world of digital, people don't understand the time it takes to do the certain things that we do as well. Um, as I'm sure they don't with website development. Like, I'm sure you get emails like, "Can you quickly add this?" Oh, and it's <laughs> quickly. It's like, no, no one can quickly do that because it's not a quick job. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, exactly yeah. people just think it's a, a little widget that you can slap on and boom it's it's there but um to do it properly i know i understand with websites it takes development and just like us with our with our housekeeping optimization that we do on on google ads accounts that like we say we recommend people go through your search terms regularly and yes you can just pop in the ad interface and have a look at the top 20 very easily but we we go through thousands and thousands of the of the lovely words we see the the weird and wonderful things that people search for and and it can take hours sometimes so um but people don't don't appreciate that absolutely and and do you want it done quickly or do you want it done properly you know you, yeah. it, it's it's far better to sort of invest um invest time in in understanding what you're trying to achieve from something rather than mm it and i think going, going back slightly to this diy culture of things um it it does have a negative effect because we've become with social media with with facebook messaging we've been we've become uh you know online a sort of society of instant gratification and, and people kind of apply that to everything they buy nowadays whether it's a service whether it's a product that takes a long time to be built um lots of people want things yesterday uh because social media has instilled that instant um gratification and uh you know sometimes things worth are worth waiting for and, and things take time to to do to do properly so yeah i think um I think social media has quite a lot to answer for. <laughs> it it <laughs> certainly, it certainly does. That's a Pandora's box of a statement, James. I'm not, I'm not going to go down <laughs> down that route. Um, I was quite surprised. I guess when going back to the question of kind of the change of of the internet, I guess from my perspective, the biggest change would be the the move to mobile first, opposed mm-hmm. to to desktop first. How? How has that change gone for you over the last few years? Do you think people understand? Do they, do they think mobile first in terms of your clientele? Um, it depends on the client, actually. Um, yeah. and not even what industry they're in, just actually from a from an age range. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, older age ranges tend to still be doing everything on their computer, and that's how they look. They're looking at the their uh, their desktop browser first um younger generations are are absolutely mobile first but i think when i when i build a site it's fluid anyway so it's fluid for for all devices um and yeah i do think mobile first because more i think 60 70 percent of people will now look at a website on their mobile before or, or not at all looking at it on a on a browser um mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it has changed in that sense. But I think it's just, you know, always thinking in terms of um, working across multiple devices and being being optimised to be, you know, have the optimum effect um, for that device. So, for example, you know, if you're on a on an iPad and you want to maximise uh, the, the impact of a message uh, when you're holding the, the iPad horizontally, you may choose to have... Uh, you know, two columns, so, uh, you know, two third column and then a one third column with content so that you're not having to 
scroll up and down or pinch or zoom or anything like that. Um, and then that will, you'll optimize the screen size vertically by flipping it and having it stack instead of um, having a tiny, tiny little column um, <laughs> on the right hand side. But yeah, there's still a huge amount of websites out there that aren't even responsive, let alone um, fluid, you know, um, and you, you look and you think, when was that built? Because it's it's a completely fixed design, and you know you you make the window smaller on your browser, and and um, you know half the website is gone, is is hidden mm. away in the corner. Or you look at the same website on your on your uh, mobile, and you have to have uh, you know twenty twenty vision to actually see it, <laughs> unless you pinch and zoom. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you think, why would that? You know, I, I think that I think the thing is, is people don't think about it very often. Um, and quite often in business, people don't take a moment to think if I were a potential prospect or suspect for my own business, how would I perceive what I'm looking at? And when you actually ask that question to someone, people are horrified when they then look at their own website. Cause it's like, oh my God, I wouldn't buy from me. It was like, well, <laughs> let's do something about that then. You know, it's, um, interesting, interesting. I mean, I, I had a period of time as you know, Becky, for about three years where I didn't have a website. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, Don't remind me. Yeah, and I, I think I changed the countdown clock about five times <laughs> uh, because I was I was genuinely, you know, as I should be, focusing on putting my clients first and serving their needs. Um, and my, my own website, a little bit the builder analogy of, you know, you never build your own extension, got put on the back burner. But I, I just had... A landing page there saying we always put our clients first therefore we haven't had time to redo our own website but i took my old website down because it no longer represented um what i could you know achieve for my clients so going back to your question about having or not having a website during that period of time about three years i didn't have a website but i was very very busy because that that message resonated of putting my clients first and it was just a simple statement and said, call now. And it you know, almost, almost got to the point where I thought, hmm, I might just not have a website. <laughs> Leave that there because it's working. But I knew too many people that said, um, you really do need to actually do the website now, Jane, because, you know, you've changed the clock five times. Um, and uh, the, the coming soon has lost its impetus because it's not been, it's not soon. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit guilty. I feel like I might have been one of those very vocal people that was going, yeah, come on, James, come on, sort it. Um, <laughs> but thank you. I, I needed people to pretend that someone was paying me to build my own website. Uh, <laughs> that's the only reason I got to that point where I actually did it. So uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you, boss. Always, always happy. Always happy to help, James. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And it, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here uh, join us on the PPC Burrito today. It's been a great chat and uh, I'm sure we're going to have uh, plenty more conversations with you as we go forward. I, I do have one more question for you before we let you go. Um, and uh, it's kind of a, a thought uh, a thought exercise. But really, if someone is thinking about um, getting a new website right now, and especially with what's going on right now, uh, our kind of, uh, you know, what we've been saying is to use this as an opportunity to make improvements to your website or to your marketing or to your campaigns, whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. If you are speaking to somebody who is looking to uh, work with you and get a new website, what would your advice to them be? Again, you're very good at these questions, Michael. Um, <laughs> my advice would be, really think about what you want your business to achieve first people get way too hung up on details of a website and i want this page and i want that page and i want this bit here and i want that bit there um and they're not actually thinking about their overarching objective of the business so get that right first and then we can reverse engineer how your website will help you achieve that objective um, but really hone in on your because if you don't have a goal, you don't know whether you're succeeding or not. You don't know, you don't have anything to work towards, um, and you just sort of meander along, really. Um, so I think having a goal and saying right by this point next year or by this time, and that has to be a little bit fluid at the minute given the situation, mm. whole wide world. Um, but but have a have a goal, have a, have an overarching objective of the business. Um, and then look at, we can then look at, um, how we can 
implement that objective um, so that your website can help you achieve it. Um, does that answer the question, Michael, or am I waffling? It does. It does, James. I think it's absolutely, yeah, everything that you said is is, is super valuable. And, uh, you know, I, I feel that it's not a kind of one size fits all. Hence the reason why you talk about bespoke all the time, because you know, you, you, you the worst websites are the ones that you're just pulling off a shelf. They're just templates. They're just templates. Um, and, uh, you know, there is not, I guess, one piece of advice that will be universal. So it's almost a horrible question to ask really. But I think the thing that you said, make sure that you've got a goal is, is so important. You know, don't just build this website just because don't go with this campaign yeah. just because don't, don't do it just because other people are doing it do it because you want to do it yeah absolutely don't just tick a box and at the end of the day the internet is a very very noisy place um and you're not going to stand out if you look the same as everybody else and you're not the same as everybody else you're you so why try and shoehorn that into into um you know a template that will look the same as everybody else's. It's as simple as that, you know. Absolutely. Wise words. Uh, James, as I said, it's been just tremendous having you here. We will do this again. Thank you so much for joining. Um, where can you be found on the uh, on the interwebs? Um, so you can go to our website, which is www.wolfproductions.co.uk. Awesome. You are a legend, James. Thank you so much. We will speak to you again soon. Thank you, Michael. Take, take care. Stay safe. Thanks, James. Thanks, Becky. Ah, oh, James, what a legend. What a legend. Uh, Becky, um, should we share another tip before we depart? Let's. Let's share a tip. So, what have we got? Um, I just want it's a fairly um, common tip, but one that sometimes when we go in Google Ads account, people haven't haven't applied these. And this is to utilize uh, ad extensions for your search ads. Um, so add extensions, uh, sort of extra little tidbits of information that you can put into your ad. Google won't always show them, um, but they typically increase an ad's click-through rate by several percentage points. So it is worth putting them in there. Um, there's a variety of extensions available. There's the site link extension. So that's where you can put links to specific pages on your website. Um, so going back to what James was saying earlier, rather than just pointing to the homepage, you can use site links to give a few options of pages that people can visit so they can really go straight to what they're looking for. There's the call out extension. Um, these really are your business headlines that you can share. So think of them as your, your newspaper headlines. Read all about it. If you're offering free delivery, it's a good place to put it in. If you're offering free samples, it's a good place to put it in. Anything exciting. Your U USPs, um, that is the place to put them in there. There's structured snippets. Um, these are kind of set dimensions that you can choose from from Google. Um, so things like features or, um, oh, I'm trying to think of what they all are, uh, days of the week that you're open, for example, that's another one, uh, materials of, of what you offer. There's a few choices there. Uh, the call extension that just slaps the call, call your business button straight on the ad. Again, thinking mobile first is a really important one. There's a lead form extension that's been in beta for a while. We did try it about a year ago. I'll be honest with you, it didn't really work, but it might work now. It is worth testing. Um, and that just allows people to, to send a, an inquiry straight to you from the search engine results page. Though I never see it. So maybe that's why it didn't work. I don't know if you've ever seen one, Michael. Um, no, no, but, but I, I just want to, I mean, obviously I know, I know what you're, I know what you're thinking. Yes. It's another basic bitch uh ppc tip but listen greg listen <laughs> i've audited three accounts this month and those three accounts weren't well, utilizing exactly. ad extensions that's, that's why it's, i wanted to put it in here it's crazy how many people don't utilize this stuff yeah i think as well they, they utilize the, so the ones i've mentioned the site link the call out structure snippet call they're quite common and the location extension and sometimes google will put these automated extensions on for you as well so actually if you've never done any extensions it's worth going into the extension sent uh, section of your campaign manager because Google might have made some up for you and they might not be the best thing. Um, but yeah, things like price extension, if you're a, if you're an e-commerce or a service business, you can put prices directly into your ad for certain products or services that you offer. 
And my favourite is the promotion extension. Just thinking ahead that we've got Black Friday coming up and Christmas. If you're doing any seasonal offers, it's a great little place where you can put that you're running a 25% off sale, for example, or you're adding a freebie with every purchase. So just make sure you have a look at what's available in there. They do add new things all the time. Like I said, that lead form has been in beta for a while. But um, And I think there's an image one coming soon as well. I, I think that one is in certain accounts already. So have a look in the ad extension section of your campaign manager and think about what you can put in there to maximise the success of your ads. Have I ever told you that you're my hero, Becky? You could have sang that, Bet Midler style. Wind beneath my wings. I was I was thinking more like uh, Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> okay. Kind of, okay. Yeah. Might even might even edit some. <laughs> uh, Becky, no, fantastic. I mean, look, if if you are not utilizing ad extensions, have a look at yourself. Have a look at yourself. Take a deep, long look at yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, it's an extra thing that you can add to your ad. It takes up a little bit more Google real estate, helps your ads get seen a little bit more. Highly, highly recommended. And even if you are using them, uh, another thing that we see far too often is people just set them up and then they just kind of like, you know, dust off the hands and, you know, they just walk away and they never look at them ever again. Um, you know, we look at our ad performance uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, I know that's a bit of an extreme, um, but in that we're also looking at ad, at our ad extensions as well. So highly recommend, I mean, at least look at them on a monthly basis. Look at the performance. You can get click reports and see exactly what, you know, what people, how people are interacting with those various ad extensions. Keep your eyes on them and keep optimizing those ad extensions as well. They are uh, an overlooked part of uh, Google Ads, in my opinion and it's about time we change that uh becky um anything else that you want to say before we uh, go and get a burrito no just stay safe stay happy people and uh, keep optimizing those campaigns did you just nick my last line did you nick no. my final line i said keep optimizing those campaigns i didn't say the last bit this is, this is over to you michael <laughs> bloody nicked my final bit well well there we go i mean that's a wrap even though becky's already kind of done it uh thank you for joining us for another episode of the ppc burrito podcast if you haven't already please consider following digital gearbox on linkedin and also on twitter and instagram at digital gearbox if you're a business and you require any help with your own campaigns please feel free to get in touch either by dropping us a message on social media or by going to our website www.digitalgearbox.co.uk so from me michael and for me interrupting becky yeah i'm just going to duplicate everything that becky <laughs> uh, just previously said stay safe stay happy and until next time amigos keep on optimizing <laughs>